We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Sex, a word that holds so much connotation. And this one word contains a universe of emotion and impression, some positive, some negative, and even some destructive. Pleasure, excitement, intimacy, and family, but also fear, pain, guilt, and loneliness. How can one little three-letter word carry with it so much power and weight? Maybe it's because this was God's design, that sex would not be something to be viewed lightly, but was meant to be held in the highest regard. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. This week, we're incredibly thankful thankful for the ongoing support of our wonderful patrons who found value in our daily prayer emails and this podcast and have generously chosen to pay it forward. We've been on this journey together since our podcast inception in 2018 and even earlier with our daily prayer emails from 2015. Every year, our family of listeners grows and with it, so does the costs. We're now inviting you, our listeners, to partner with us in this mission to keep offering these resources free of charge. To become a patron stand and stand with us, please head to marriageaftergod.com forward slash patron and join today. And if you haven't yet joined our daily prayer email community, we want to invite you to sign up at marriageprayerchallenge.com. Let's continue this journey together. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We hope you guys are having an awesome week. Yeah. I am. Sun's out even though it kind of snowed yesterday, which is crazy to me. Philly, Oregon. I know. Oregon's crazy. Uh, but we have, um, before we jump into our topic, we always like to kind of start off with kind of just some life stuff. And specifically, um, I was just thinking this week because we've been doing so much stuff on the, in the backyard, on the house. Um, I was just thinking about how nothing ever lasts forever. Like we, yeah. it doesn't matter how brand new it is. Um, you know, both our cars need have issues that need fixing right now. Mm-hmm. I have a check engine light on one. I have a air conditioner is not working the other. Um, and then we've been in our house for almost a year now coming up next month. Uh-huh. And it already looks like it could use a whole new paint job on the inside. <laughs> I mean, we have five kids, so I get it, but it's just the reality is kind of kicking in that nothing lasts forever. Okay. But hold on. Cause this is a marriage podcast. So how are you going to tie this in to not mean that marriage doesn't well, marriage <laughs> should last careful. forever as long as we're living. Mm-hmm. But yes, no, that's this. I'm just talking about like things in our lives. Yeah. Like we kind of, ex- we want, we want things to just be nice always. Mm-hmm. And like we, perfect. Yeah. Um, well, if you think about our bodies, if we think about yeah. our minds, if we think about our, our possessions, kind of everything just slowly <laughs> deteriorates. Well, so that's true though. And even in marriage, our relationship can take, uh, I don't want to say take a beating, but it it can it's used, and that means it that it needs to be maintained. And well, it needs to be maintained and stuff, care. but there's going to be experiences that we go through that, you know, make it yeah. to where it's like it's not perfect, and it does break down sometimes. But it's our job right. to hang on. Sometimes it needs a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> sometimes it needs a check in the engine light checked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just it was just something I was thinking about this week. 
Um, but why don't you talk about what we, the growth spurt that we've been trying to, well, you just mentioned that we've been outside a lot and it has yeah. been nice because the majority of the time the sun is actually out and it feels really good. Uh, but part of June's challenge or growth spurt was to get your hands dirty and plant something, whether it's an annual or a vegetable plant or something like that. And you've planted like one thing, right? No, I've been going at it because <laughs> you let me. I know. Every time you come home, you got like two or three <laughs> new more. plants. But even my mom came out for a visit last week, which was super awesome. And she got in on it and she, we, she we went to the store. She loves roses. And she, yeah, she bought me some roses and some other random things. I don't even know what they are. And we had fun coming home and planting it all. So and it looks cool. really good. And you did lots, get your hands dirty. Lots more color. <laughs> Yeah, while you've been working on the little our little plant sections with flowers and all that, I've been trying to bring back some of our grass that we planted last year mm -hmm. that did not come back very well this year. I've been trying to nurse that back to health. Yeah, like it, but it is coming back much better. It's like almost it's like seventy five percent back, which is really awesome. But I'm also really excited because you've been wanting patio furniture. Yes, and we've been looking around, and it's so expensive. I thought maybe I can make put my hand <laughs> to the plow and make my own. Don't and wait. so I'm going to try and make my own. So if I do, I think now you have to post about it to show that I, I made them. I'll be so stoked. So that's something I like I'm going to try and do. I like going out to the backyard, but I also like, like we've sit. just been using our camping yeah. chairs, which is fine, but it'd be nice to have a little couch or something. So we'll see. You really think you could do it? I, I do. I have a design in my head and, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a welder in my garage. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to try it. So, and then, uh, also this last week we had some new friends over that, um, we've met at jujitsu. Oh yeah. That was fun to get to know them more. Yeah. We had them over for dinner. We got to get to know them and oh, play we played some... Mar we played marbles, which most people probably don't know what that is, but it's a really fun game that has to do with marbles and cards that they can't get anywhere because it's our friends, friends, game <laughs> that, game that, he that created. Made it, yeah. but uh, I love games and I love getting to know other people over games because I feel like it's a really easy entry to like people start mm -hmm. talking over it. But I'm also I get I, I get a little um, torn because it's like, well, I want to get to know you. But I also like whose turn is it? I also want to win. <laughs> I keep yeah. everybody on track. Whose turn is it? We were winning. Me and my me and my buddy. Yeah. And then you and his wife were losing. So that's all that matters. is <laughs> oh, that We actually didn't get to finish the game. So we need a second round. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's another encouragement for all you listeners is go make some new friends. Yeah. Invite them over. Have them in your home. Be hospitable. 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 So this topic was kind of my idea. And they're going to think we always like fight for who wins the idea topics. In reality, you know what? Like, even if I have an the idea, best one? <laughs> I, I, I kind of put them before you and you're like, oh, that's a good one. Let's do that one later. Let's not do that one at all. So it's, they're both of our ideas. So, yeah. um, but this idea, I, I just know that it's a necessity. I know that there's a lot of marriages out there that are going through s this stuff. And we kind of have, not kind of, we have some very intimate knowledge of this ourselves. We've struggled a bit. Yeah. And, and the idea of, of having a marriage that is lacking in the department of sexual intimacy, mm -hmm. um, either it doesn't exist at all or it's very rare. Um, and so we thought we would talk about it and just talk about a bit biblical perspective on it. So real quick. Sorry to cut you off, but if you're listening um, right now and you're currently in this place in your marriage, you know, you're, you're dealing with the struggle of, you know, no sexual intimacy, or if you've been enduring a long season of it, we just want you to know right up front that we understand how feelings can get wrapped up in 
all of this and how it affects all parts of marriage. Mm-hmm. It, there really is so much to this. And um, we just hope that what we share today and what we bring does encourage you. And for those listening who maybe can't relate to this topic, like you just don't struggle with this, that's amazing. But we also think that the awareness of it, that it happens in other people's marriages can help create compassion for those who do struggle with it. Because maybe you have, you know, other couple friends who mm-hmm. are struggling. Um, and maybe a shoulder for them and exactly. an ear for them. Yeah, you can encourage them and be helpful to them. If anything, just incur- uh, share this episode with them. Uh, but I just want you to know, like we, when we were struggling, we had friends that we met at a marriage Bible study who were not afraid to ask us, hey, how's intimacy going? And encourage us and also challenge us to pursue each other regardless that that was a necessity. And it was so much help to us. So if anything, like I said, share this episode with them or be willing to ask others, Mm -hmm. you and your spouse together, hey, how's it going? And and be willing to um, go to those places just like you would ask them, hey, you know, how, how are other areas of your marriage? Like this is an important one. And to be willing to talk about, it, I think is really important, which is why we're willing to talk about it today. And lastly, um, just being reminded that this is something that many marriages struggle with can put into perspective for everyone, how your marriage is going. And if it's going great and be encouraged in that and have a heart of, or a position of appreciation for where you're at. That's good. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. So why don't we start with a little bit of our own backstory? Uh, this was this situation, a sexless marriage, it, sexual, sexual issues was pretty much our story for the first four years of our marriage, right? Yeah. Starting right away. Right away. Uh, it was very, um, unexpected <laughs> and frustrating and hurtful and all, and it wasn't intentional. It was just something that we had a hard time with. And if you ever pick up the book, the unveiled wife, Jennifer's first, um, uh, traditionally published book she wrote, it has, it details this story of what God was going through in your heart with mm-hmm. this, but you have a lot of details in there about this actual situation that we went through. Yeah. Um, so we, we do have some, uh, personal intimate knowledge of this, this sort of thing. Um, basically it, uh, every time we came together, it caused a lot of pain for my body. Yeah. And so for the first handful of years, we didn't actually know what it felt like to experience sex. Yeah. And God used that time, um, for many different types of things in our life. Again, it's, it's why we're writing this or not writing, we're, we're recording this podcast is to talk about the things that we learned and some encouragements that we got, that we have for you guys along the way. Uh, but God used it to teach us a lot about ourselves, about each other, about our marriage, um, to humble us. Mm-hmm. It was a big one. I felt like there was a lot of humbling going on because we were very selfish people, very in, um, inwardly focused and which I think is normal because you're newly wed and you're going from being an individual to a couple and mm-hmm. having to learn those, those dynamics. What would you say is like, if you, I know there was a lot, but what's like one or two big things that the Lord taught you during that time? Well, there was a lot of teaching me to trust him mm-hmm. and to surrender to him and to continue to love you anyway, even like though regardless. I'm not, regardless. And, mm-hmm. and that was, that was the main thing that when, when we started going, coming on the other side of this was mm-hmm. like, man, like what kind of love am I going to have for my spouse? Mm-hmm. And you, what you, you know, what kind of love were you going to have for me? Was it going to be conditional? Was it going to be transactional? Like I'm not getting what I want. Therefore I'm going to not love you. 
or I, you don't deserve my love. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it going to be unmerited gifted? And like, I'm going to love you because I've chosen to be your husband. I've mm-hmm. chosen to, um, you know, walk with you and vice versa. You, you, you love me not because of what I get or what you get from me, um, but because of what we agreed to, what yeah. we, what we promised to each other. So I think that was a big deal uh, for us. Uh, and so much of who we are today and what our marriage is today stems from that season of struggle and pain. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you the same question. What, what do you think is one or two things that you learned in that season? I think like one of the biggest ones that stands out to me when I look back at that time was where my reliance was and mm-hmm. having this ideal of marriage being perfect and everything working, that would have been great but that would have kept me reliant upon you and me doing things perfectly, which is impossible. And so I felt like God was kind of stripping down all of those expectations and ways of being to say, Hey, I am your everything. And I want to be your source of, of who you run to and where you go and, um, where you get met, like where your needs get met. Does that make sense? Are we, are we looking for it in each other or are we looking for in Christ first? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so all of these things like we're bringing up that, that the things that we're going to be sharing today stem from a lot of those things that we mm-hmm. walked through. Oh, um, another one real quick is, mm-hmm. um, how to be vulnerable with you in marriage and not just with my body. Cause obviously you're in that vulnerable space when you are being intimate, but more than that, I feel like God was teaching me, how do I actually reveal who I am to you and open up my heart and be at, at a place where I trust you? Yeah. Hence the title of the book, Unveiled Wife. Yeah. Yeah. Revealing, to make myself yeah. known to you and reveal myself. Yeah. Which was a big deal for us. And I, I, I don't know if a lot of couples recognize this, how um, veiled or closed off we are and how it, how many years it takes for us to actually be known by our, like have, allow our spouse to truly know us. And physic, being known physically is one thing, but being known like in, internally and, and spiritually and mentally and emotionally is a whole nother avenue. And often like the physical comes first mm-hmm. and then those things, um, for us, this physical couldn't come at all. Well, it actually stirred up a lot of things. Cause then if I got upset about something, especially around intimacy, I, you were asking me questions. Well, why, why this, why that? And I had been given the opportunity to, share myself with you. Yeah. Well, and it also, it challenged inside of me lots of things that I had inside expectations and where did those come from? Mm -hmm. Were those healthy? Were they biblical? Were they uh, things that were good for you Mm -hmm. or were they just for me? And so there was a lot of internal um, introspect (laughs) um, going back and forth. So why don't we, we'll start off with, we just want to bring up some of the common issues that could be causing a sexless marriage. Um, And this isn't all of them for sure. Um, and we're also not even going to discuss all of these. We just wanted to bring up like that there's a, there's a variety of reasons this could be happening. Some are uncontrollable and some are very controllable, Hmm. but we just want to bring, so one is called vaginismus, which is a word that we first heard when we sought out therapy because we were encouraged by some other friends. Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe that's the route you need to go. And so we sat down with a counselor and they brought that word up and we had to go do research because we had never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to do research again for this podcast episode because I forgot what it was about, but <laughs> it's essentially, it's an un- unintentional tightening of the muscles around that area down there in the woman, mm-hmm. making it hard or even painful for intercourse. Um, and 
this is the thing about vaginismus is lots of things can cause it and there's no necessarily like cure for it it's just it's a it could be neurological it could be emotional it could be all sorts of things like um, your environment yeah well like um if you're if you're afraid if you're if you're anticipating if you're uh, you know if there's emotional mm-hmm. stuff going on um and again i'm not a therapist i don't know much about it other than this is something that was suggested to us to research and to figure out um other things that and this is a big one again this is one that one of those that could be controllable doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, but controllable is addictions, drugs, pornography is a huge one, food addictions, gaming, these types of things. When we get, when our minds, uh, either on the husband or the wife or both are being, um, under the control of other things, mm-hmm. under the influence of other things, these can have drastic effects on our, on our biology. On our physics, on the physics, physics, on the physical body. Because they're not just habits you're choosing to form. It's actually rewiring your brain. Yeah. There's plenty of books on just pornography alone on how it actually, there's one called Wired for Intimacy. And it talks about how pornography actually is changing the, the way your brain works, the way you um, get aroused, the way you, so anyways, addiction's one of those. Another one is erectile dysfunction or other medical issues. These may, these are going to be landing in those, um, uncontrollable, like you don't necessarily have like control over those things, but the, that definitely affects it. Um, another one would be performance anxiety. This is, that could be caused by past traumas, things like that. Um, which is the next one is past trauma and um, causing fear, distaste, refusal, or lack of interest. So these types of things are, um, very spiritual, very mental, very emotional and they can keep one of the, or both part parts of the marriage, husband or wife from wanting to have sex or they, they have a, they have a totally twisted perspective of sex because of something that's happened to them in the past or something that they've done, um, or a myriad of reasons. Um, the last two is, um, a partner that's absent, either prison, military or work travel. This is a, a very common situation in marriage where there's one spouse that's gone for long periods of time. So you can't have sex with a spouse that's not physically with you. Um, and then the last one is medical conditions, which kind of goes into the erectile dysfunction section, but there could be other things, um, that are causing you to not be able to have sexual intimacy. Um, one, one specific one would, um, be, and this would be a short, a shorter season could be a long season though, is, um, recovering from having a baby. Like you have a season where you can't have sex because there's, there's physical recovery happening, but it doesn't like whether the seasons months or years where the idea is we want to have the right mentality and heart and perspective on these things to help us get through those seasons. Mm -hmm. So do we want to give the cliff notes so that if someone can't get, can't go read the unveiled wife right now, like just where we landed in that and what, what we discovered. Um, I think there was quite a few things. Like I said, it wasn't just, uh, we were talking about how we, we kind of came into healing of that, but it wasn't just one thing. It was kind of a group of things. It was us, um, figuring a lot of stuff out. It was you figuring out that there was certain things that you, your body was sensitive to Mm -hmm. that we realized that when you start, when you took those away, you started, your body started changing and you started, um, things started working. There, there were ingredients specifically that were mimicking, estrogen in my body that, um, caused dryness and it, it, it was a hormone problem. 
Yeah. Which is something that you've been figuring out over the last 16 years also with uh, your Hashimoto's yeah. and figuring out things about your body that you didn't know before. Mm. Um, but on top of that, there was a lot of spiritual stuff that we were walking through of, again, things that we needed to let go of, things that we needed to forgive, learning how to love each other. So I would say it was, there was one major thing and then a bunch of little things that were just compounding on top of this. Uh, and then like we're going to get into later on in the episode is eventually we just get so bitter and angry that we don't even want to be, you know, physical with each other anyway. So our greatest encouragement yeah. <laughs> to you today is hang in there and yeah. continue to pursue each other and, and try and seek out what those reasons are, root causes are, because it's worth it to stick around and mm-hmm. to be patient and to love one another in that sacrificial way. That's what we found. That was good. So uh, that was just some cliff notes of our own story. Um, some of the reasons why maybe there's an issue in, in your marriage or someone's marriage um, that would be causing a sex marriage. I want to talk about the biblical perspective on the beauty and the pleasure of marital intimacy. So sex. Um, and I, and I hope that for, first and foremost, this kind of just sets a mindset and a foundation for how we can be viewing sex and marriage. This doesn't mean like if you're not doing, if you're not having sex, you're in sin. Now, some people that might be the case, depending on things going on. But I'm, I just want us to have the right mindset of like, because there are some out there, and I want to dispel this, that believe sex is unnecessary and unneeded. And I can't disagree more. And I think the Bible disagrees also. That doesn't mean, again, there's not going to be seasons without it. That doesn't mean if you're in a season without it that you're necessarily in sin. Because again, there's lots of reasons that are uncontrollable. But I think biblically, the mindset should be sex is a good thing. It's a powerful thing. It's a necessary thing, if that makes sense. So God's perfect will. I don't know if you've heard us talk about this in the past. I didn't come up with this idea, but there's a per- God has a perfect will and a permissive will. Um, his, perf- his perfect will is that none should perish and that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But we know that that doesn't happen. So there's also a permissive will. There's something. There's a will that he allows to take place. So in his perfect will, our marriages would be uh, that sex would be honored in our marriages and in intimacy would be honest, passionate, and lasting. That'd be amazing. Like all of our marriages, just perfect, perfect. Like that'd be great. Right. But we know that's not the case. So we can have the mindset of what God, we can have God's mindset on it while we pursue his perfect will while living in his permissive will. If that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so here's some scriptures. Why don't you read the first one? Proverbs 5, 18 through 19 says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. So I know that this proverb is speaking from a, a perspective to a man and his wife. But if we look at this and the, and the purpose behind this is that the husband and the wife enjoy each other, enjoy each other and delight. they rejoice and delight in each other and that the it's talking about breasts and that, that sexual fulfillment is good being intoxicated with her love with her body with her so coming together and, and having this perspective again song of solomon the whole book is about this idea of, of close beautiful intimate relationship with a man and his wife mm-hmm. and and how beautiful it is and how powerful it is um what and, I- What I love about this verse is even though it's from the perspective to uh, a husband about the wife at the end there, it says be intoxicated always in her love, meaning she's also doing, she loves 
And so he loves, she loves. I, I, I just like that it's both in there. And, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's just showing again, the, the godly perspective of this is his perfect will mm-hmm. having this level of relationship with our spouses. Uh, Hebrews 13, four, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. So not only the union of marriage being held in honor, but also the, what the, the actions that take place in the marriage on the bed, mm-hmm. what happens in between that union, that physical connection between a husband and wife, that coming together, that unification, that becoming one physically, that it is undefiled, that it's kept pure, not distorted, not ruined, not um, trampled upon or cast out. Mm-hmm. That's not pure if you're just throwing it away. The next one is uh, Mark 10, 6 through 9. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And this idea or concept of one flesh is also mentioned in several other places. Mm-hmm. Genesis two twenty four, Matthew nineteen four through six, Ephesians five thirty one, and First Corinthians six sixteen. And when you when the Bible says one flesh, like in concept, it's we're like unified as one whole, but it's also that 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 coming together and sexual intimacy is the consummation of marriage. It's that it's that physically coming together and and becoming one together. And children that are made from that act are the physical representation of that union because mm-hmm. they actually they combine our DNAs together and you have one new thing that came out of the two. Um, so God made a male and female, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. Holding fast like that. This is what we want to encourage today is this idea of holding fast, even in the seasons when sex is not possible or difficult. And so that's the biblical perspective. Sex is good. It's, it should be honored, protected, undefiled, and that a a man and a woman, a husband and a wife hold fast to one another in unity and wholeness. Amen. Okay. (laughs) So. Again, just going back to that permissive will, this is definitely not always the case. <laughs> it's not always so perfect. It's not always so beautiful. It's not always so pleasurable. Um, because there's, you know, there are things that can get in the way of a healthy and fulfilling sex life mm-hmm. with our spouse. So some, some things are intentional and some things aren't always intention exactly. unintentional. Yep. And so we gotta un- understand um this issue a little bit. And so if we come into this marriage like I did and think like, oh, sex is going to be easy and plentiful and awesome and I deserve it. And that's what you're there for. <laughs> I've only got a percent of the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, some of those things may not be true because it wasn't in the first four and a half years. And it's taken us a long time to figure things out with each other. But our bodies, like your your body, my body, isn't just meant for sex. That's a very objectified view of each other. It's a very one-sided. It's a very um, oversimplification of what we are, right? And so, if we if if we don't define a whole marriage, you know, if we define our whole marriage by sex alone, we're going to be in the wrong place. Mm. 
and we're going to have a destroyed perspective about our marriages. So we have to have the right perspective, the right definitions. So recognizing that uh, our spouse is not just for sex, but is for so much more will help us to um, navigate a sexless marriage better. It'll help us to see our spouse better. Uh, But then understanding on top of that, that sex has what the purposes of sex are in marriage. One of them, one of the main purposes, but not the only one is for making more image bearers for having children, but also recognizing that it's for pleasure and for strengthening a husband and wife's bond and unity. So on one hand, not just seeing your spouse for one thing, but recognizing they're more than that. Mm-hmm. So that even if we don't get have sex, if that's something that we ha- we're lacking, we can still have a fulfilling marriage while we pursue that and figure that out. And then also recognizing what the purpose of sex is in our marriage, that it's for having children, but not just for having children. It's also for pleasure and for strengthening a husband and wife's bond and unity. So, having both those perspectives is really good. That's good. I like the balance. So in wrapping our heads around this issue, I think it's important to talk about also the impact of uh, feeling that discouragement when things aren't working the way you expected or desired. Um, Were we discouraged? (laughs) Yes, very much so. I know that was a huge thing for me. And so if we can just speak to that, I'm sure there's someone listening that could really benefit from feeling encouraged. Yeah. So when, when there's lack of sex, discouragement is a, is a huge enemy feeling discouraged in many ways, uh, discouraged over our bodies, discouraged over our marriages, thinking it's your fault or you're the problem, feeling like a failure. Um, one big thing that comes out of is loneliness. Uh, when you can't, like we said, one of the benefits of sex, one of the purposes of it is, is that building that unity and strengthening it. We feel distant. Mm -hmm. We feel alone. I, I feel like I, you're, I'm not with you. You feel like you're not with me. Um, we're not physically coming close. So we may have the friendship on lockdown. We may have, you know, we go do things and we have friends and, and life seems great in other aspects. But then the moment we're home alone, the moment it's quiet, the moment the, the time is there that we could be intimate and we're not. We feel a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. Something from what I can remember of when we were in this season was all of the other physical touches started to be like amplified for me and and really meant a lot to me. Like you playing with my hair or us holding hands, ways of feeling close to you Mm -hmm. without like being physical, but not sexual. Yeah. Those things, they, they played a huge role in me feeling like, okay, we're still here. We're still together. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. And again, in understanding what comes, what, what the temptations come with, like that discouragement, that loneliness, those things is also recognizing that the enemy knows this Mm -hmm. and loves when he can influence and tempt a couple to fall into this even deeper, like speaking those lies. Yeah. You are broken. Yeah. You, you, you can't even fulfill this one thing, this one simple thing for your husband, or you can't fulfill this one simple thing for your wife and speaking those, he speaking those lies to, to tempt us to, become bitter or more lonely or afraid more or isolated. more isolated. And so we're bringing these things up to, to bring to the forefront what is happening in these, in this scenario so that we can 
better deal with it, better walk with it. Um, what are some of the lies and doubt that can come in times of weakness and vulnerability? Because again, going back to the things that, that we're tempted with is lies, doubt, um, we're weak and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all of that kind of gets rolled up into this ugly emotional ball. <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember one for me was that things are never going to get better. Like, because it was four years, if it was maybe after the second or third time, I would have been like, that was, that was tough. Yeah. But, there was like moments they're like, oh, that kind of was a great. And then, yeah. oh, and then five times it sucked. Yeah. Like, even <laughs> an up and down. Yeah. That would have been, I think easier, but, but because it wasn't, oh, it was draining. And I just got to this place where I felt utterly hopeless. I, I literally thought this isn't going to change. Yeah. Which led me to then start thinking you go down that rabbit hole of, well, well if this isn't going to change, then you should go be with someone you can be again lies yeah yeah uh that and that was a big deal because it's it's especially when we we got more and more discouraged and feeling like it was never going to change there would be something coming up like um we had a photographer a work trip and we're like oh that maybe this is what we needed a change of location a change and there would be this glimpse of hope Mm -hmm. and then failure Mm -hmm. and then boom we'd sink way deeper like we we were before yeah Um, so there were other I, things that, oh, sorry, you're good. there were other things that came up too. Like I remember I had gone back to school for a time, college, and there was a class I was in where a group of girls were talking a little bit older than me about marriage. And one of them, I forget the context, but she used the word compatible. And that rest of the week, really, I could not stop the thought that we were not compatible. Well, we made a mistake. Yeah. We're the wrong people for each other. Like we just don't fit. That's the problem. Yeah. Lies. Yeah. But the enemy tempts us with that. We start believing because of all the other things we feel, mm-hmm. um, that the compatibility was a big one. And, uh, one from me was I started getting tempted with this lie of like, man, I should have, I should have had more experiences before we were married, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's such an ugly lie. Like yeah. that isn't, that would have fixed nothing. And it was, it would, it would, it was something that would have been against God and against my walk with him. But that's how susceptible we can become when we're so weak and in this vulnerable state, if we're not pursuing God and, and, and pouring into the things and seeking the things that God wants for us. Mm-hmm. Um, a, another one is, um, that we're not loved. Like, oh, I, I, you don't love me like, or I don't, or I don't feel loved by you. These are the kinds of lies and doubt that get we get tempted with when we're weak and vulnerable in the in this state of a of a, a marriage where there's the, not that physical connection, mm-hmm. bonding us closer and closer and something that we can enjoy and and can and walk in. So our purpose in this episode is just to shine a bright light on this thing that well, obviously the, the enemy loves to use against us to tear us apart, but also our own flesh gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Um and what what happens when we get to a discouraged place, like a really discouraged place where your thoughts are going in a completely other direction than where God desires, uh, we become unimpactful and not influential in this world at all because we're focused on ourselves and what we're not getting. And that becomes, you know, the rat in the wheel. Like, yeah. that's what we focus on. And it makes it really difficult to be used. Yeah. So we want to encourage and And so a lot of things we're saying are very discouraging, but if you're in this season, if this is something you're going through, then I would imagine all of these things are resonating with you. 
And we hope that by shining the light on it, like we were just saying, that it reveals the truth about them, that they are lies from the devil. They're not truth. And we, we can walk in the truth and we can walk in light. And even though we can't have fulfillment in this area in the moment that we want it, um, we can, we can grow Mm. and we can do other things while we, we wait Wait on the Lord patiently and, and pursue answers. Mm. So moving on here, what are some practical things that a couple can do to biblically and spiritually and physically deal with their marriage that is struggling with sex? Um, I, so I mentioned earlier about some reasons are, um, by choice and some reason are not by choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, it, it may not be a simple thing that you guys can't have sex because of issues, but it, it may very well be if you have this mentality. I think first and foremost is recognizing that it's not a healthy or good to be living in a sexist, sexless marriage by choice. Mm-hmm. So if one right. of the spouses is, um, choosing saying, I'm not, I don't want sex with you mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I think that's something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. Sorry. I just had this picture of like, we've worked through so many different seasons of being a toddler, a toddler, having a toddler. (laughs) We (laughs) were a toddler once too. (laughs) So so with toddlers, remember we came to a point where we recognized that one of their first choices in life is right around, you know, one and a half, two, where they, they recognize, oh, I don't have to eat that food you just put in front of me. Yeah. And they like full on fight to honor mom and dad and eat the food that we just yeah. gave them. <laughs> and I think it's because they recognize, well, I can choose to put that thing in my mouth or mm-hmm. I can throw a tantrum. And just like little kids trying to explore those boundaries and seeing um, like what happens, even though mom and dad know the most beneficial thing is get that nutrients inside of you. Mm-hmm. When we get married, whether we're newlyweds or it's later on in, the years of marriage, we recognize that sex is a choice. And sometimes in our immaturity, we use it to throw a tantrum. (laughs) Well, and it could be a control thing. Like I brought up earlier in some of those reasons, it could be a fear thing. It could be uh, lots of things, but if it's something that you're choosing and you're saying, well, it's, it's unnecessary. I don't want it. I don't like it. It's gross. And my husband or my wife has to deal with it. I think that's wrong. And I think that's something that should be prayed through, repented of, and, and, and figured out. So that's, that's the first thing. And the verse I wanted to read was in first Corinthians seven, three through five, the husband should give his wife her conjugal rights. And likewise, the wife, her husband for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So this is showing the dynamics of the the true relationship between a husband and wife that my body's not my own. It's yours and your body's not your own. It's mine. So I don't have whatever say I want over my own body and you don't have whatever say you want over your own body. We have a mutual say over each other's bodies. And then it says, if you're going to deprive one another, it's got to be by agreement. And so again, I think it's sinful if there's one partner, one spouse that's choosing and forcing the other spouse to, that you, to, to be deprived. You can't have it. I don't want to do it with you until I want it or until I let you have it or until I'm okay with it. That's not by agreement. And so 
that's, that's the first thing is, is practically if you are choosing this, if there's a specific spouse in the relationship that's controlling this, the sex in the marriage that needs to be repented of. So another practical to tack onto this, um, list is a practical way of, uh, addressing a sexless marriage mm-hmm. is knowing and recognizing the importance of prayer for endurance for each other. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And I know that's a general, that's mm-hmm. general, but we can apply this to praying for our marriage and specifically intimacy in marriage, the whole pursuit of prayer and, and perseverance, having patience, which we talked about earlier. Those are all really important values that we can bring to our marriage that will support our spouse and encourage them along the way. It's something that you did for me. Um, when I felt like I was discouraged and I was believing lies, like I'm the problem, you made sure we prayed every night and you came alongside us and brought our issue before the Lord in a really humble way that made me feel loved, even Mm -hmm. despite the not being fulfilled. Well, and the praying also, it encourages ourselves to keep our eyes in the right place, keeping our eyes on God, on his word. Um, It keeps us in this place of seeking his wisdom and counsel, Mm -hmm. um, asking him for help because we're, we're weak. Say, God, I I don't know how much longer I can handle this. I don't know. Rely on his strength. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, having a prayerful heart in this season is so important. Another practical is keeping the pursuit alive. You mentioned pursuit just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know not giving up, but remaining hopeful. This and is another thing that you did really well for us because, again, in my caught up in my own mind of like feeling frustrated over our sex life, you never uh, gave up initiating or trying again. I'm sure there were seasons yeah. that made it harder for you, but you did keep you kept coming back. And, and you being kept a male, trying. it was kind of built into me yeah. <laughs> to want to keep doing it. Yeah. No, to but want was, to keep pursuing, but it was helpful, but on both, both sides, husband and wife, mm-hmm. not giving up, not being like, well, I'm just hurt and angry. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pursue you anymore. Mm-hmm. Continuing to pursue, continuing to remain hopeful and not stopping. I do wish that I, during that season, especially towards the end that I was better at this, better at remaining hopeful and better at pursuing you because I really struggled with that. Well, it was the moment we lost hope that we started going downhill really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so that hope is, is really important. Another practical is uh, the importance of celebrating the little wins along the way and really having fun outside of the bedroom. I mean, you could have fun inside the bedroom in different ways too. Cause we, we mm-hmm. like watch movies and stuff together, but um, we also, we worked out together. Mm-hmm. We hung out in groups of friends and like spent quality time doing fun things together um, we learned new things. Like you taught me photography. You helped teach me photography. Uh, what yeah, else? we, we kept, we kept building on our friendships, other things. intimacy yeah. side, you know, parts of our relationship, which is, is really good. And ce- celebrating that, looking yeah. at those things and be like, man, I, I love that you are my best friend. Mm-hmm. And when we did come together talking about celebrating the little wins, um, I remember like I would be discouraged that, you know, it didn't happen just the way that I hoped or wanted or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but we got to do this or yeah, but we got yeah. this far. So you, you were also uh, aware of the victories when I couldn't see clearly. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's, you, you would do that for me at times too. Yeah. 
So uh, you, I just feel like you've been well beating yourself up I, a little bit. I'm not beating myself this. up. I want there to be an honest. There, there's this honesty where it's like mm-hmm. during that time of struggle, I did. I don't know how to explain it, but I did struggle a lot more in, in the, emotional, the emotional side of things, side, yeah. the mental side of things. My capacity was not great. Yeah, but and yours was. <laughs> look where we're at now. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, another practical tip for you if you're in this season is to actively seek help mm-hmm. and not just settling for the first answer you get because the first answer we got was you're young you're healthy everything should be fine <laughs> that was literally the first answer you got and actually the first answer was to loosen up uh, like <laughs> right oh you're right it was like hey yeah go, go relax go relax and stop overthinking it yeah and then it was you're fine yeah. So w- two different professionals made it sound like it was nothing, even though there was clearly something. And so don't just give up. Like, don't go to the first doctor, the first naturopath, the first whoever, and then just take that answer if if you didn't get an answer. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with educating yourself, asking questions, seeking counsel, seeking advice, getting second, third, fourth, and fifth opinions. <laughs> Like this is your marriage. So seek that help. Another practical you could consider is experimenting, experimentation and and changing up your game. (laughs) You can explain the rest. Yeah. And essentially it's just in the bedroom with your spouse. If the one method isn't working, Take the time to explore other methods with your with your spouse. Enjoy them and the time with them, mm-hmm. and uh, figuring out how you you guys work together. Yeah, understanding when there is a need for change is probably the first thing, mm-hmm. and then being willing to communicate it. And I don't know if this was hard for you. I, I remember it being a little awkward for me at first, but being willing to communicate verbally, "Hey, I don't like that as much," or "Hey, I'd really like it if you," right. And I think that's, that's a huge important thing is, is learning to talk about Mm -hmm. sex, Mm -hmm. um, all aspects, all aspects of it. Um, and then the last portion of this is, is utilizing other means of release for each other so that maybe you, maybe you can't have like intercourse the way, you know, the traditional way in this season, like us, like, but coming together, spending that time with each other and, and still enjoying each other is a really powerful thing and necessary. Okay. We have a few more to go. So we thank you that you're sticking with us. Um, another really powerful practical tip is avoiding external, external, external (laughs) pitfalls. Uh, there in this season, we know from our own experience, there's going to be extra, an extra level of temptation, that comes with this when you're not being physically intimate with your spouse, there's that the enemy is going to tempt you. Our flesh tempts us because there's a need that still exists. There's a physical need, a biological need, a spiritual need that still exists. And so we, we might be tempted with things like pornography, um, romance novels, other things that are going to help us get something that we need, something that we're looking for, not from our spouse. And could you could you add to that list like even 
emotional dependency on others or like emotional. Yeah. Like other relationships affairs. even. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And these are the pitfalls that we want to be aware of that we are vulnerable and sensitive in this situation, in this area. And we might be like our flesh is going to want to pursue fulfilling that need mm -hmm. in other ways. And this, we already shared this verse, but it goes back to just remembering that a Hebrews 13, four says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. And it continues to say, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Yeah. And the sexual immoral. So if we're, you know, this could be a, a husband or a wife, but romance novels that are like very graphic, it's essentially pornography in words and finding that fulfillment in other places that's not your spouse we need to be we need to not do that we need to be very careful of that it's something that i did and i shouldn't have and it, and it did not help it definitely only made things worse so so uh, the last thing is just encouragement and hope encouraging one another throughout the process or the season that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, Constantly encouraging. Yeah. Maintaining a positive mindset and, and keeping the faith, like keeping your faith and keeping in the word of God, being encouraged by it. Uh, these are all things that are really important and things that will hold, like Aaron mentioned earlier, like in order to hold fast to one another under trial, you need to be doing these things. Something that uh, we did um, I did a lot in this, this and specifically in, in how to encourage your spouse. Um, not just like, Hey, we'll figure it out, but I love you. And no matter how long it takes, yeah. I'm here with you. Reaffirming the love. Yeah. I will continue to, to try. I'll continue to, to figure this out with you. We're I'm in this with you mm -hmm. and reminding your, your husband, reminding your wife that, that you're not just there for their body, mm -hmm. but you do want their body. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, being their spiritual encourager, their mental encourager, their, their, uh, physical encourager. And I, just to add to that, knowing that, uh, for the person who's having the issue. So in our case, you heard me say a lot, like, I felt like I was, I was the one kind of in the way of what we're, we, what we were dealing with. Um, for the person who feels that way, it really is such a sensitive thing to walk through and they will, they will probably feel even more discouraged mm -hmm. than you or sometimes it's, I guess it could be both of you could be the, you know, yeah. I don't know how to word this right, but I just want to say that the person who thinks that they're the one standing in the way may need more encouragement. And so we'll, I, we'll need more encouragement. We'll need more encouragement. So if you could find the courage to be the one to embrace that role of the encourager, oh man, yeah. it is amazing. And then like I brought up in the beginning that your spouse is much more than just their body. Um, they're made in the image of God. And so remembering that be like, wow, this is a child of God. This, my wife is made in God's image. And then the, you know, the wife, my husband is made in God's image and, and remembering that and, and using that as like the basis for your encouragement as the basis for your, um, uh, the words that you bring to your spouse and remembering the truth about all of this. And then the last thing is asking God what we can learn through this. What does he want to show us in this season? Because he does have stuff for us to learn. Yeah, that's really good. 
Yeah. So that's kind of what we got for this episode. It was a lot. So basically we just want to encourage you guys that if you're currently in this season and, and for some of you, it may have been a very long season. Don't give up, hold fast to each other, hold fast to the Lord and the word of God and, um, seek help. Yeah. I think, um, we should give them a little bit of, of kind of what happened with us just as a little bit of encouragement to them that like a glimpse of the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know everyone's situation True. and we don't know if there's an answer for everything. And sometimes there's no answer, but. Well, we went through four years of a sexless marriage and the Lord saved us. And we were given the opportunity to in- start enjoying sex. And when that happened, we quickly got pregnant and yeah. since then have had five kids. And now up to date, we've been married for six and a half years total. 16. I'm sorry. Six, <laughs> 16 and a Ten half years. 10 more years than that. <laughs> yes. So when you look in comparison, 12 and a half years versus four. So we've enjoyed more years of goodness than trouble mm-hmm. as yeah. far as the sexual intimacy department. And currently are enjoying each other more than ever before. Yeah. And we we learned a lot in those, like we said earlier, in those first four years about each other outside of being able to do that, mm-hmm. that has benefited us over the last 12 years as we've learned to enjoy each other, learned to love each other in this learned way. Learned to communicate better, learned to understand each other's needs better. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you that in pursuing God, there may be an answer. There may be an answer and to not give up hope but to continue to grow in your relationship with your spouse despite this area being the way it is and just continue to seek God in all of it. And God's good. He is a good God and he loves you and he does want the best for you. And so again, we don't, we don't know, we don't know have all the answers for everything, but we just know God's good. And uh, when we wait on him, he renews our strength. When we pursue him, we find him. When we knock, he opens the door for us. So I like that. Why don't you finish with the growth spurt? So every episode at the end, we just share a growth spurt. This is an opportunity to that we challenge you with to grow um, in yourself, but also in your marriage and in your relationship with the Lord. And so this month we're focusing on growing by actually growing, <laughs> try gardening, planting a flower or a tree or a vegetable, something that gets your hands in the dirt. And you can do it together with your spouse. But you can also, like I, I mentioned earlier, my mom came out and we had a blast uh, doing that together. So you can invite others. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's a grandparent. Um, maybe it's a friend. Awesome. Why don't you pray for us? Dear Lord, thank you for the special gift of sex and marriage. We appreciate the way you designed us to experience being one flesh in a physical way. We pray we would continually pursue one another and posture our hearts to be inviting and ready and willing to embrace each other. We pray over our marriage and specifically over our sex and marriage that we would be blessed and fulfilled. Please help us to love one another and meet each other's needs. We pray when we come together, it would be a positive experience. In Jesus' name, amen.
We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.